0: Welcome listeners to a new episode of the Leadership Podcast Series by BCG India, and I'm your host. In this series, some of India's finest minds in the world of business share their views on ideas, challenges, and opportunities on a variety of topics from policy to finance, from climate change to consumer behavior, and from technology and banking, among others. One way of examining transformations that are sweeping a society and an economy is to gauge changes in people's social and economic behavioral patterns. According to a joint report by the Unified Payments Interface UPI leader PhonePay and the Boston Consulting Group BCG, the Indian digital payments ecosystem will nearly triple to $10 trillion by 2026 from the current $3 trillion. The major contribution for the digital payments growth, of course, would be from merchant payments that are expected to significantly digitize in the next five years. For this episode, I'm pleased to have Prateek Runta, Managing Director and Partner at Boston Consulting Group and Karthik Ragupati, Head of Strategy and Investor Relations PhonePay, to talk about the report and the broader issues of digitalization of payments. A very warm welcome to both Prateek and Karthik.
1: Pleasure to be here. Very happy to be here.
0: Pratik, if I may start with you first. Historically, India has always been a society that preferred to transact in cash. In fact, a popular board in many neighborhood grocery stores was and continues to remain in many places is, in God we trust, rest only cash. That seems to be pleasantly changing. Help us understand this, Pratik, by putting things in perspective.
1: You're right. Uh, the payment trends in India have been rapidly evolving over the last 10 years. This trend actually picked up uh, maybe five years back post demonetization and has been further accelerated uh, in the pandemic uh, because of people's choice to move to non-cash and digital modes of payment. In fact, uh, if you think about it, the shift towards digital payment in India has been enabled by multiple factors that include high smartphone penetration in the country. Affordable data right. and more importantly, mm-hmm. availability of platforms like UPI that have today become the choice of uh, people for making all high frequency small value payments and they, as they find it very convenient to transact on these platforms
0: absolutely right, pratik in fact, uh, you know all these things have actually fallen together at the right place, and that has uh, helped this acceleration of uh, digitalization of Indian payments. Kartik, take us through the broad trends of the report. Uh, how deeper has digitalization of financial payments penetrated and gained wider acceptance from the metros and the bigger cities?
2: Uh, what we are seeing is uh, as a market, mm-hmm. market participant is broadly three trends. The first is mm-hmm. geographic, right? So digital payments has grown, of course, across all states of India. But in particular, we are seeing higher penetration in South Indian states like Telangana, Andhra Pradesh, Karnataka. Interestingly, more recently, over the last year, we've seen areas like the Northeast are leading when it comes to year-over-year growth rate. From a user perspective, what we are seeing is tier 3 to 6 towns have shown phenomenal growth. And in the past two years, these cities have contributed to nearly 60 to 70% of new customers. Secondly, from from a category perspective, you also mentioned this at the outset, we are seeing very good growth on the merchant taxes or what is being referred to as P2M, person to merchants, driven in particular by the rapid adoption on the offline merchant side. Now, this, of course, is in turn driven by both the acceptance network being rolled out at an India level. Uh, You should see a QR code for UPI now literally in every small town, village, in every shop. It's also in conjunction with the consumer adoption that's taken off. The last thing I would say is the demographic trends that we're seeing. Uh, cohorts that have historically been slower to take to digital payments. Uh, For example, let's say the population aged over 60 are now using digital payments in droves. And perhaps uh, this is one of the few silver linings of the pandemic. You can see quite a few more trends and insights. Uh, We've published this on the phone website as well.
0: Uh, Thanks, Kartik, for this uh, perspective. Pratik, can you help me put it into context? What does a $10 trillion digital payment ecosystem in India by 2026 would imply, particularly in terms of changes that we are going to experience. Are we we looking at moving rapidly into a cashless economy in the next four to five years?
1: It's very possible. As part of our latest report on payments, we've tried to estimate the proportion of expenditure in the country that happens through non-cash or digital instruments. When we did a similar exercise about five years back, we had estimated that roughly 18% of all consumption expenditure in India was done in non-cash modes. This number in our latest estimates is now standing at 40%, which basically means that two out of every five transactions happening in the country are already already happening through non-cash instruments. We expect this trend to continue and we are estimating that this 40% in the next few years will increase to 65%, which translates into two out of every three transactions happening in non-cash modes. If we put this all together, the value of digital payments today in India translates to $3 trillion. And riding on this trend that I talked about, we estimate in the next five years, this will become $10 trillion. That's what the report talks about. That's the $10 trillion non-cash economy that we're talking about. Karthik already alluded to the fact that a large part of this growth will come from merchant payments, specifically offline merchant Mm -hmm. payments which have traditionally been cash driven but in the last 2-3 years we've seen uh, a large movement towards non-cash in this segment also. In fact right now we are witnessing merchant payments growing at a faster rate than money transfers or payments that individuals make to each other which we call as P2P. So while P2P will continue to grow but P2M will probably grow at a faster pace and will drive this movement of $3 trillion going to $10 trillion in the next few years.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Karthik, coming to you, the $10 trillion opportunity is certainly beyond dispute. What's your view about the account ag- aggregate and the marketplace model? Do you think that this is this marks uh, the account aggregate and the marketplace model actually marks a point of inflection, which has enabled digitalization of payments to scale up very rapidly?
2: I think rather than friction points, I like to think of them as enablers going forward, because uh, as we've talked about earlier, India has truly been a poster child for how a public-private partnership can drive massive impact at scale. So a lot of the early friction points, whether it is everyone having a bank account or everyone having access to a smartphone or even the whole India stack, has largely been solved for. So I think from here on, it's more about enablers. And I think in terms of future enablers, uh, there's two or three of them that uh, we'd like to articulate. The first one is access. Uh, I think the digital payments penetration is obviously strongly correlated with folks having access to low-cost and reliable internet. So comprehensive 4G coverage, access to stable and low-cost internet, and smartphone usage will be a foundational element to ensure that cohorts that have hitherto low penetration are able to catch up and join the whole digital payments uh, bandwagon. The second is what we would call payments infrastructure. So here it's largely investments by banks, fintech players, networks, as this will be key to ensure a seamless payment experience. This is both across hardware, meaning Mm -hmm. servers and data centers, as well as the software or code base that sits on top of the hardware that ensures payments can happen reliably at scale. The third enabler, and I think this is where there's a lot of excitement, and you referred to this in your question as well, is this notion of product innovation. Similar to UPI, there are many exciting transformative technologies that are in the pipeline. Some of them are corollaries to UPI such as UPI lite but some of them are you know foundational new technologies like the account aggregator or the ONDC just to name a few so i think if we take a similar to UPI approach meaning a strong public private partnership mm. that will really ensure that all of this is rolled out at scale and in turn they will be significant enablers of a highly digital economy just to name right. a few in more detail ONDC will really help democratization of e-commerce for small merchants by digitally connecting them both with buyers as well as third-party logistics providers. Similarly, the account aggregator framework is a very exciting prospect and it can do to KYC what UPI did for payments. So it can really democratize KYC information. So I think genuinely excited about some of the new product innovations that are in the pipeline as being key enablers for the future.
0: Pratik, Karthik did talk talk about a few enablers Uh, and while there's no disputing the potential uh, that said unlocking the 10 trillion dollar opportunity also requires certain other enablers. Kartik referred to as the technology enablers and also some of the policy enablers. But uh, for instance, uh, if I may ask you, there is a continued need to build customer trust. And that remains remains a fundamental uh, socio-psychological barrier so far as a complex society like India is concerned. How do we go about achieving this?
1: Absolutely right. In fact, we've been talking about the people who've adopted digital payments, but the ones who have not adopted One of their primary concerns continues to be security, trust, safety of transactions that are done using a mobile phone. Mm. I think there are a few things that we need to solve for. I think the first and most important is fraud management. Uh, Social Mm. engineering along with lack of payment flow awareness leads to frauds such as collect call, account takeover or identity theft. Mm. There is an urgent need to spread awareness about fraud mitigation and financial safety practices to drive trust and reduce digital hesitancy among consumers. It is necessary to take proactive measures to mitigate fraudulent initiatives, such as the RBI introducing mandatory specific card tokenization across all major card networks, increasing safety as actual card details are not shared with the merchant. Yes. There could be other things that could be done as well. For example, real-time tracking of transactions with automated decisions and blocking fraudulent transactions where identified or multi-factor authentication with integrated biometrics to ensure accounts are not hacked without users' consent. So all of these things will instill users' faith and trust in digital transactions and drive them to take up using these instruments or modes of payment more frequently without hesitation. A couple of other things which are important, uh, one is dispute resolution mechanism. One of the biggest impediments that we've been hearing about UPI is in case something were to go wrong, customers don't know who to reach out to. And therefore, it is imperative upon the industry participants to put in place a dispute or a grievance resolution mechanism that helps people in case there was an issue so that uh, their concerns can be addressed. The last thing I would like to talk about is data privacy and transparency, which is gaining prominence and is becoming a cause for concern for many people who transact digitally. It's at the center of modern day communication, but it's at the same time equally important to educate users about the data collected and their own ability to manage the same. To promote this transparency, financial institutions and payment players, complemented by the necessary regulatory support, should look to provide consumers with an accessible and transparent platform that allows them to give, withdraw, review, and manage their consent at any time. This will go a long way in inspiring confidence in digital payments and taking the adoption to the next level.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yes, Karthik Prateek has raised a very important point about data privacy and transparency. Uh, you know, and there are also always looming threats of uh, cyber frauds. Uh, how do we go about achieving this? Because this is, after all, a question of giving more confidence uh, to the people.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the fraud. And trust and safety angle, uh, I think Prateek covered them quite well. But I just wanted to underscore the importance of awareness and education. And I think that responsibility falls a lot on the players like um, those who are participating in the payments ecosystem, players like us, other fintech players, banks. And I think key is making sure consumers are aware and educated, not just on how to detect fraud. You know, what if somebody is actually creating some sort of fraudulent experience, But also, what do you do in case it happens? You know, There is a grievance uh, process, there is a chargeback process, but I think the awareness is quite low. So I'd like to re-emphasize that. I think the second thing from a trust and safety perspective is continued investments that players like us, other tech players, banks have to do for trust and safety. Uh, For example, we have a real-time fraud detection engine that essentially delivers decisions in less than 10 milliseconds for every transaction. And I think Algorithms like this have to be commonplace and have to be continuously improved uh, so that we're all on top of the whole trust and safety game. Coming to privacy, I think this is extremely important. I think India is still lagging behind in terms of consumer awareness on privacy. Uh, Europe is actually certainly a bellwether for this one. So I think both in terms of educating users on the importance of privacy, as well as, like Pratik said, giving them the ability to manage their consent is very important. and I think this is I say this not just as a trust enabler between the tech platforms and their users but I also view this as a fundamental responsibility of tech companies is to make sure that users are educated on privacy and also have the ability to manage their consent.
0: Pratik there's still a relatively higher incidence of small and micro and t- tiny merchants preferring cash over POS and QR code payments. Uh, we need to actually get to the bottom of the pyramid if you are actually very serious about uh, you know, migrating into a cashless economy. Uh, what needs to be done to achieve this?
1: So both Karthik and I have been talking about the fact that uh, the future growth of digital payments will be driven by merchant payments, but you're absolutely right. There are a large uh, proportion of merchants who still prefer to take cash. Now, historically, there have been multiple reasons for merchants not wanting to accept digital payments these include not wanting to be a part of the formal economy the cost of accepting cards in the form of MDR at as it has existed or mm-hmm. just the convenience associated with taking cash right. now over the last few years there have been positive progress across all of these areas gstn has brought many small merchants or msmes in the fold of the formal economy yeah. the qr code based acquiring has actually reduced the cost of accepting non cash payments for merchants, yes. and very importantly, the UPI-based payment journey created by players like PhonePe has made digital payments more convenient than cash today. Yes, so, with these true. things in mind, I, you know I am quite confident that more and more merchants will be willing to get onboarded on this digital payments ecosystem. In fact, you earlier mentioned that thirty million merchants are already on this platform, which is five six times more than the number of merchants in the country that accept card payments. So we are already headed in the right direction to give further impetus to build out of the merchant acceptance ecosystem and infrastructure. I think QR code-based acquiring will continue to play a very important role. In our report, we've talked about the fact that this 30 million number will go up to 40, 45 million in the next few years. So pretty much 80, 90% merchants in the country will have QR code-based acceptance. Also, it's important uh, for industry participants to explain to the merchants or create awareness about the cost of cash acceptance. While you know it's not intuitive, but there is a certain cost to collecting, reconciling, depositing, managing cash, etc., which is done away with as you move to these QR code or digital payments. And finally, as we see the industry evolve, we will also see players providing integrated post based solutions to merchants that bring their business onto the same platform and thereby create a more value-added offering to them which goes beyond payments and will will provide them an incentive to move to these platforms. So, so with these things put together, I'm quite bullish about uh, the merchant network increasing in the next two years.
0: So the value-added pay- added payments that you alluded to could include uh, utilities like utility bill, bill payments and recharges etc which will then you know, kind of become an aggregated solution provider for most POS-based systems. Is that what you're trying to say?
1: That's right. And in addition to that, we can also combine utilities that are relevant for the merchant's own business. For example, order taking, inventory management, reconciliation. When all of this comes together along with billing and payments, it becomes a fairly compelling offering for the merchant to get onboarded onto such platforms.
0: Wonderful insights uh, Prateek and Kartik. Uh, In fact, the pandemic has also been a watershed moment for disruptions in customer behavior, ushering irrevocable changes to the way we live, play and work. Uh, A key outcome of the many significant shifts in customer behavior, of course, was an acceleration of digital payments in India as Prateek and Kartik has beautifully articulated. Uh, The digital payments ecosystem has been positively disrupted by the entry of multiple new fintech players uh, with diverse offerings, driving payments at scale and niche players, of course, offering value added services uh, in the manner that Prateek just mentioned or new gen credit scoring with payments data. Thank you, Karthik and Prateek for taking the time out and dropping by to have this wonderful conversation.
1: It was a pleasure and thanks for having us.
0: Thanks for having us. Thank you so much.